Um, are there axioms, are there turns of phrase, are there um, uh, sort of words of wisdom which you turn to on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis? Um, my wife Anne's uh, dad used to say, don't take a lazy man's load. Um, and I would think of that every time I come from the house into the car or the car to the house with more than I can carry. Um, don't make a lazy man's load. Don't take a, carry a lazy man's load. Make two trips is the point of that little axiom. Don't be lazy. Just make two trips um, instead of dropping something on the way. And so I regularly think of that. The question, of course, is do I learn anything from it and take a second trip from time to time? And the answer is not very often. <laughs> so uh, common sense isms, you know, uh, some of them can be country uh, sayings like that. Um, a stitch in time saves nine, right? So the, the idea that, you know, do it now um, saves several steps down the road, you know, make, make good use of the opportunities here. So let's, let's do this. Let's kind of do some rapid fire and, and, and complete the sentence. Two wrongs don't make a... Okay, very good. Uh, the pen is mightier than the... Right? When in Rome do as... Right, which that's, you could say, well, that's, you've got to qualify that one. It can be helpful if you're traveling internationally because you want to you know, maybe blend in, figure out what the local norm is in order to uh, kind of get along helpfully. Um, but it's got this dark side to it as well, when in Rome do as the Romans do. You know, what's, uh, what is it they say? I don't have this one written down. Uh, what happens in Vegas? <laughs> okay, so like that's not so helpful, you know. That's going to be part of the point that we're getting to here. That, that not all, not all sayings, not all proverbs are um, are, are helpful to us. Uh, the squeaky wheel, yeah, it gets the grease. Um, uh, when the going gets tough, the tough, yeah. Uh, no man is a an island, right? So you can't don't don't stand alone. I mean, there's some great wisdom in some of these things. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this one or not. Fortune favors the the bold. Yes, yeah. Fortune favors the bold. Uh, go bravely. Um, uh, you're going to be more successful if you're brave and courageous than if you tend to live in in fear. Um, people who live in glass houses should not. Right, so I think of this one on a regular basis. We, we live on a corner lot, and so our house is exposed on three sides. And, and so I've often thought, yeah, the pastor's family lives in a glass house because especially if the lights are on inside at night and you've forgotten to draw the blinds, you're living in a glass house. Everybody sees what's going on. Um, hope for the best, but prepare. Right, so that's good advice when it's minus 34 outside or 36 or whatever it is out today, <laughs> right? You know, prepare for the worst, you know, throw in an extra hat, uh, a pair of gloves. This morning we're going we're gonna to review biblical proverbs, uh, just a few, uh, and we're going to invite one another to, to be students of, to listen for godly wisdom in our, in, in our daily lives. Uh, because the, the fact of the matter is there will be many instructors who want your attention. There will be many who will call for you to listen to them. And unless we have, unless we have fixed our taste buds to taste and see that which is good, and, and you know, that which recognize that which is not, that is, which is not good, tune our ear to the, to the intonation, to the, the, to the tones that, that are, are godly, and then to be able to hear the dissonance which results when we recognize that, that's something not right about that. 
Um, and, and, and so on this New Year's Eve, then the fundamental question that I'm just going to kind of come back to time and again will just be this. Where are you going? Where are you going? What is the path that you are on? We're going to turn to one of the writers of the Proverbs who speaks in this kind of language. What's the path that you are on? And is, is, it, is it going where you need it to go? Or is there opportunity for minor or maybe even major course correction as we are on the verge of, of 2018? Um, there's a path, there, there's a way you need to get on, I need to get on the path, but then I need to stay on that path. If I am going to, if I'm going to live with success. Um, so, so we'll start there. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25. First point, if you're pulling out your sermon notes to follow along, um, you could do that. But, but the writer of Proverbs calls us to assess the path that we are on. Listen to his wise, wise words, Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So, so Proverbs, by nature of what they are, the, the proverb is a style of literature. A proverbial saying is just that. It's a, so these are not promises. These are, these are axioms which are, 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 are to be understood as general truisms. If you, if you do these things in this way, predictably it is going to turn out in this, in this result. Um, so train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it. Um, I mean, there are other places in Scripture where we can find promises to God's faithfulness in that, but that's not one of them. That, that is a proverb. Generally speaking, when you train a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. That, that's, that's how the writer intends that language to be understood. They're writing a proverb. They're not writing didactic teaching from the, the Apostle Paul in, in the, the book of Galatians. Um, and, and so we, we're recognizing that, that Scripture has purpose and point and style to its writing. And, and that's part of how we're understanding this. And so here it's saying, let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you, give careful thought for the paths for your feet uh, and be steadfast in your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. There's some instruction that the writer of Proverbs is going to give us. And when we go to proverbial sayings that are preserved for us in the Old Testament... Um, in the writings of the, 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 the writers of Proverbs, uh, we encounter something that's particularly lovely, and, and that is this. Often the voice is being articulated in the voice of, uh, of a mother. Uh, Lady Wisdom, who is imploring her children to attend to the wisdom that she has for her, well, for them. Um, or in the voice of, of a father, father wisdom, as he would say, look, my son, my daughter, I have wise counsel for you, and I'm, I'm urging you to listen. So I read from Proverbs 4. Let me just back up a few verses here. Proverbs 4, verse 20, and we hear clearly stated that this is coming from the father bringing instruction. He says, my son, pay attention to my words, listen closely to my sayings, don't lose sight of them, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. 
Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead, carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or the left, keep your feet away from evil. Now, I don't often go to uh, this translation, but uh, one of the things that I really liked about the way they rendered the Hebrew here is that they've done a good job of, of making it clear that this is, this is an instruction for us to command ourselves. We are, we are to exercise discipline to ourselves in order to, in order to accomplish these things. We're, in order to stay on this path of wisdom. So, so the Father is, is saying, guard your heart. He's giving instruction. This is something that I am required to do, that I am capable of doing. Guarding the heart, guarding that which I would internalize, guarding that which, which would become part of the substance of, of who I am. Guard it. Don't let just anything or anyone speak into who you are. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. You have, you have some control. You have some responsibility in here on, on, on what it is that is going to come out of your lips. Take responsibility for it. Um, don't let your lips speak deviously. Let your eyes look forward. There's a further instruction. Command yourself in such a way that your gaze is fixed forward and exercise this discipline in your life. Carefully consider the path for your feet. And so here we are on New Year's Eve, carefully considering, thinking once again about. Now, now I hope this is kind of completely intuitive to you. I hope this is obvious. You would say, well, of course. And yet, we live in a world where there are times when I fear that common sense is not actually all that common. Um, that, that, that we live in a world where, where people can be surprisingly unintentional about how they live, about what they do, about what they, will, what they will invest themselves in, about what they will take in through their eyes or listen to through their ears. And the writer of Proverbs is saying, if you're going to walk with wisdom on the way, you're going to need to exercise some discipline, you're going to need to exercise some command over your life in order, to, in order to walk persistently and consistently in the way uh, of wisdom. We're, we're here at church on a Sunday morning, and, and that's the common pattern for most of you, which would suggest that we're a little more inclined to be introspective. We're a little more inclined to be, uh, to be mindful, thoughtful about what we're doing. So so don't, please don't hear this as, as a heavy being laid on you. I hope that one of the things that you'll come away from this morning, I'm expecting one of the things you will come away from this morning, is to feel utterly affirmed in the choices that you have been making. Because you have been making godly choices. You have been choosing the way of wisdom. And, and perhaps this morning the word that you're going to most need to hear is to keep on keeping on. The way on which you are walking is worthy of your discipline. It's worthy of your focus. It's worthy of your effort. Keep on keeping on. Do not stray from that way, the way of wisdom upon which you are walking. And, and, there's a, and it's possible that as you spend a little time perhaps reviewing this past year, there would be moments when you'd say, hmm, I, I could have done that one better. That, that, would be, that would be an example of where 
I, I need to learn from my mistakes and walk differently next time. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Choices that you make matter. They will lead you to a certain path. The question that I've posed is what path are you on? And that would be to assert the following. The path that you are on leads to an utterly sure destination. Okay, you get on QE2 and travel south and with 100% assurance, you will get to High River and Staveley and Claire's home and eventually Fort McLeod. 100 times out of 100. Like you will always get on the path and you will always get to a predictable destination. The question is, what path are you on? You'll never get on that road and say, oh my goodness, how is it I ended up in Lloydminster? Like that just doesn't happen. Okay, so so there's there's something that is, is logical about what the writer of Proverbs is calling us to here. To say, attend to the path, look to your feet, know where these steps are leading you. Because, point number two, not all paths are equal. Not all paths are equal. Listen to the writer in Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Now that flies in the face of some popular commentators who would want to say, whatever feels right. Go whatever way you want to go. It, 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 it doesn't really matter. The, the writer of Proverbs in Scripture is saying, no, there's a way this can seem right, but in the end it will lead to death. So popular commentator uh, Wayne Dyer, he says, if it excites you, if it makes you feel good, it's God speaking to you. Is that true? It, like, like so, so listen, right? Okay, so here's one of the things I'm hoping we're going to do this morning. We're going to spend a, a lot of time looking at biblical proverbs, at biblical sayings, and one of the, I'm hoping that we're going to tune our ear to the voice of God. I'm hoping we're going to refine our taste buds, that what we want to taste is the good stuff, and we can spit out the bad stuff. How about this? Oprah Winfrey, she says, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. That is the lesson, and that lesson alone will save you a lot of grief. Now, here's the problem with that one in particular, is that there's some truth in that. that. That's not, you know, that's not all, even in what Dyer has to say, it's not that it's all garbage, there's some partial truth, there's some hints of truth at it, but, but are, we, are we refining our thinking so that we're discerning what of that is true, but what of that is not? And could I go to Scripture and say, here's why the, the true part of that is, is true? I mean, so, so if I go to the statement from Oprah and say, okay, well, if how I feel was the only assessment of right and wrong, well, my, my physiotherapist is the prince of darkness himself. <laughs> like, jeepers, you know, and, uh, oh, enough, enough. You know, I, I'd never go to the gym. No one would ever learn to play the violin, okay? I don't know if you've been in the presence of a junior player of the violin, you know, Christy's playing cello. It's wonderful. Um, my mom and dad were unbelievable. I don't know how they ever put up with that when I was learning violin. Um, but, but seriously, if, if, if it's all about feeling right... So Ravi Zacharias is a Christian scholar and, and apologist. Uh, he, he writes, We have the right to believe whatever we want, but not everything we believe is right. And, and so the invitation is, 
is to assess the path on which we are walking in order to increasingly bring wisdom into the conversation. If you're a follower of Jesus, that first part of, of, of Oprah's statement is, is absolutely correct, where she says, um, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. There is a place, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself, has come to indwell you, and, and he, he is speaking to you if you will listen. And, and so there's a place where we attend to we attend to that voice. We attend to what God is saying. Uh, another popular commentator, Shel Steverson, uh, Silverston, uh, writes, there's a voice inside of you that whispers all day long, I feel this is right for me. I know that this is wrong. No teacher, preacher, parent, friend, or wise man can decide what's right for you. Just listen to the voice that speaks inside. Hmm. Hmm. Here's the problem, is, is that what I feel is, is, is important, okay? It's, it's important, it, but it's, it's not enough. It, it's not a reliable final ass, uh, assessor of what is right and what is wrong. What I feel is a necessary and a valuable ally, but my feelings need a partner in wisdom or they will lead me astray. Do you hear the difference between popular sort of proverbial sayings and biblical proverbial sayings? One of the differences would be um, the popular stuff typically needs to be qualified. Sometimes that's true. Uh, in most cases, we can't. But, but, but listen to Proverbs 4 again. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Ten times out of ten, without a predictability, what has been placed here, what has been placed at the center of your being, is going, to, is going to bring forth, Jesus talked about it bringing forth, the wellspring of life comes from within, it's, it's going to lead, it's going to reap a harvest, it's going to guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Fix your eyes, look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path that you don't... There, there's, there's a reliability to the counsel that, that Scripture is bringing to us. Um, some, of, some of us have had a really difficult 2017. Some of you have been through hell and back. And... It, it has been difficult. There have been tears. Um, if you will stay the course with Jesus, if you will continue to fix your eyes toward him and walk, you will never, ever regret it. Proverbs 14 Here's another example. The faithless will be fully repaid for their ways. Um, Psalm 139, the psalmist says, I, I look to uh, the evil and, and, and I'm surprised at how well they do. There are times when I am envious of the evil until I consider their end. Okay, so the faithless will be fully repaid for their ways. Uh, that, that may or may not be in this life. But ultimately, God brings judgment. Um, 
the writer of Proverbs goes on, he says, the good rewarded for their ways. You can be assured of that. You can be assured that there is a good reward, a spectacular reward, for, for just staying the course and walking in wisdom with God. He goes on, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought. The prudent give thought to their steps. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but the fool is hot-headed and yet feels secure. You know, there are 31 uh, Proverbs chapters in the book of Proverbs. Um, on many months of the year, you could read one chapter per day and have read through the entire collection of proverbial sayings uh, in a month. Maybe, that's a, maybe that would be a good January uh, aspiration for you. Just before Christmas, uh, a godly Christian scholar named R.C. Sproul passed away. Uh, one of the obituaries written in his honor reads as follows. Through his teaching ministry, many of us learned that God is bigger than we knew. Our sin is more deeply rooted than we imagined. And the grace of God in Jesus Christ is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Just earlier this year, Sproul, uh, Sproul wrote, There are only two ways of dying. We can die in faith or we can die in our sins. Now, with that in mind, listen to the Proverbs 14 again. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Uh, the editor of uh, Wired magazine writes the following, kind of a science-based um, periodical. Uh, we are, uh, unfortunately, going to die. Uh, no matter how much we fast or exercise or sleep, no matter how much of our old blood we replace with the blood of younger folk, the human lifespan maxes out at about 115 years. We amass damage as we live, and damage to our DNA leads to cell disease and sentience, writes contributor and former MIT Technology Review Editor-in-Chief Jason Ponton. Quote, the telomeres that cap our chromosomes shorten and fray, placing a hard stop on the number of times our cells divide. The mitochondria that produce energy in those cells flicker out. Uh, so I'm just not trying to be morbid, just to, but to underscore this morning that, that the decisions that we make have consequence, the choices that you make matter, and, and as we stand on the verge of a new year, I, I want to appeal alongside Father Wisdom, alongside Lady Wisdom, that you would, you would make choices that would lead to life, that you would test the choices, test the path upon which you're walking, and, and assure, be, be be sure that it's leading to the predictable, reliable destination that, that you want, that God wants for you, that I long for you. Now, mo most of us know this, um, but there is only one life-giving path available. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, so Lady Wisdom, Father Wisdom, they are speaking in the Proverbs. They direct their sons, they direct their daughters 
to attend to the way in which they live, to attend to the way. And Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. This is a, a thread of hope that runs from Genesis through Revelation, the scarlet thread of salvation, of, of rescue, of God's initiative toward the lostness of humanity. We're lost. We need a path that will lead us in the way, lead us to truth, lead us to life. And so it means you need to step onto the path. You do so by belief in Jesus. And then it means that you need to stay on the path by walking with Jesus. In the beginning, is a Proverbs, beginning of Proverbs 4, where we began this morning, um, the, the, the writer, Father Wisdom, says, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said... Do you hear the, the generation-to-generation sequence that's going on there? Parents, are our responsibility, our honor, our privilege to pass on faith, pass on wisdom, pass on instruction concerning wise living to our children modeled for us here. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. What a beautiful personification there. Where wisdom, this it being, being personified, being, being enfleshed as this, this woman who you would embrace and hold on to. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Esteem her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. Verse 11, I am teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Compare these words, the writer of Proverbs, to the words of Jesus. Listen to some excerpts from the Gospel of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, uh, um, um, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Chapter 12, Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. Writer of Proverbs would say, this is, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. 
this morning as we prepare to step into this new year, I just want to invite you to choose the way of life. To, to, to assess what way you were on, choose the way of life, walk in that way persistently. It leads to life. Step onto the path through belief in Jesus. If, if this is a new idea to you, let me just introduce it really simply and say, Lord Jesus, this morning, uh, it would be my intent, I, I want to move from being an attendee at the manger, an observer of the manger, to, to being a follower of the one who was in the manger. To be one who sees your coming, your living, your dying, your resurrection, as fundamental to what it means for you to be the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning I'm choosing to believe in you as my hope. We step on to the path. We recognize we need one to be our way maker, to establish us in relationship with the Father. R.C. Sproul's words, there are only two ways of dying. You can die in faith or you can die in our sins. If, you, if this is something that, that is beginning to resonate with you and you say, I need to understand this better or, or maybe it's brand new and you'd say, I need, I need some instruction in this. I can't commend more wholeheartedly the Alpha Course. It, I mean, it's, it's such an appealing invitation. Come and have dinner with us on Monday, January 15th. Like, it doesn't get much more pleasant than that. Come and have dinner and, and then assess. Is this table groups? We'll have some discussions around. The, the, the questions like, who is Jesus? Uh, why did Jesus die? Um, uh, what's up with Scripture? How am I supposed to understand the Bible? Um, how and why should I pray? What's up with the church? These are the kinds of, of points of discussion that we'll engage in, and no question is too outrageous or, or offensive or, or simple. Just come and bring the questions that you've been wondering about and, and be open to, to seeking biblical answers to what, what is this Christian faith and then faith about and then make, a, make, an, make an adjudgment, make an assessment. Is this something I need to continue? Is this something I, a path that I need to follow? I'm utterly convinced that if you understand it, you will say yes. Step onto the path through belief in Jesus. Stay on the path by walking with Jesus. Can you identify that? in your life, which facilitates a, a vital, consistent walk with Jesus. Maybe you say, I'm not so sure my life has been vital nor consistent in my walk with Jesus. Okay, well, what, what are some of the best moments? If you looked over the past year, what would be some, some highlight moments where you say, I, I, walked, was, I was walking with Jesus there. That was, that was a good one. What was it? What was it that facilitated that, that experience of Jesus? Let me invite you to make another assessment. Um, can you identify that which is distracting you from a vital, consistent walk with Jesus, causing you to lose your footing, causing you to stumble, causing to tr causing, uh, tripping you up? It'd be worth making a note. Regarding those things that would trip us up, here, here are three sort of assessment questions that I think can be valuable for you as you would want to stay on the path. How do I stay on the path? Well, ask these questions of, of that which is tripping you up. Uh, what's really going on here? Um, what should be going on here? And then the third question, what, how do my habits and foibles contribute? What is it I'm doing consistently that results in that? 
that, that brings me to that, to that end. Somebody's said that, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, let's stop doing the same thing and let's look for a new result. Of these three questions, the third one is, is probably the hardest one to answer. It's, it's difficult, it can be difficult to kind of get that perspective. Uh, often that's where we need someone else to help. That's where if, if you have people around you that love you, parents, spouse, maybe they can be objective, maybe they can help you, maybe you've heard enough from them. <laughs> You know, and it's time, what you really need, you need a Christian counselor. You need to, to just spend some time with someone who can bring some, some biblical reflection on your experiences. It's part of the beauty of the body of Christ, is that God has gifted the body of Christ, some with particular skill, particular training, in order to bring help to us, in order to be the arm that I don't have or that I am not. It requires humility. I've gone to, I've gone to sought out Christian counselors many times myself. I need to think more clearly on this. What's going on in that? I don't understand what this stuff here. Help me understand this. And it's not a shaming thing. So often it's a freeing thing. When it's all of a sudden the lights turn on and you're like, now I get it. No wonder I've been messing up. I've been, there's a lie that I've been believing and have not recognized it as a lie. And, and it's been tripping me up and, and, and no longer. No longer. Now I'm going to be wise and aware on the subject. Um, psychologist Dr. Gabrielle Ottingen suggests four steps for self-reflection and captures them in this fun little acronym, WHOOP. Whoop. I'm just going to say that several times this morning because I think it's just kind of fun. Um, but W-O-O-P is this acronym. So the W of WHOOP stands for WISH. Um, what do you wish to see happen? Um, what's, what's the concern that you have? Um, she, she says, the concern is a push motivation for change. I have a concern. It's a push motivation for change. What is it I want or need to see happen? The, the O in whoop is outcome. Okay, outcome. Uh, what's the best way to fulfill your wish or deal with your concern? Um, can you imagine, imagine, imagine what life looks like with that ideally realized. So in the context of this morning, what would it be like to be living a vital, vibrant, consistent relationship with Jesus? What would that, what would that look like? What, would that, what are the victories that would be present? What would it mean for, you, for your attitude? How is it that you would walk in this way? Can you, can you see what that would look like? She says that richly imagining the desired outcome like this anchors a goal in our thinking and becomes a pull motivation for change. So pushed by the wish, pulled by the desired outcome, okay? The second O and whoop is obstacle. This is where you ask that question number three, okay? How am I standing in my own way and disabling my progress towards the desired outcome? What is it I keep doing that keeps messing me up? Here are some suggestions of the kinds of things that might impede your walk with Jesus uh, that are just stereotypical. People you hang out with don't care about walking with Jesus. Okay, either it's not on their radar or maybe they're hostile to walking with Jesus. But if these are the only people that you hang with, you will struggle to walk with Jesus. That's just the way it is. We are relational human beings. Here's another kind of common thing that gets in the way of people being 
persistent and consistent in their walking with Jesus. Um, you have ways of coping with stress that are undermining your life. Um, so, so maybe it's a substance that you turn to. Ways of coping with stress that are undermining your life. Uh, maybe it's a substance you turn to. Maybe it's a person that you turn to uh, who uh, either bring ungodly counsel uh, or who invite you to uh, fulfill uh, relieve the stress in uh, ungodly ways. Um, maybe it's a lie that you return to that comforts you, um, but it's actually keeping you from trusting Jesus fully. It's a, it's a lie. I believe it, but it's not true. How am I going to assess it? Well, I may need someone else to help me assess what's the lie that I'm believing here. Um, uh, turning to Scripture on a regular basis, Romans 12. I'll come to that in a minute. Just the renewing of my mind by pouring in truth developing a taste for truth, tuning my ear to truth so that the lie starts to stand out and I begin to realize there's something in my thinking that's not right here. If you continue to turn to false sources for comfort and encouragement, they're going to impede your journey on the path. Um, and, and this is where digging deeper, this is where getting some assistance, this is where maybe it's the kind of thing your small group helps you with, your life group helps you with, you know, some accountability, some friendship, but, but maybe it's deeper than, than what can be done there. Maybe it's talking to one of us on the pastoral team, you know, we'll, we can see someone two or three times, but none of us are really highly skilled counselors. So that's why we've got this, this practice where if, you, if you're willing to see a Christian therapist that we recommend, we will cover, the church will cover, uh, all of the cost of the first visit. Just no risk at all to you. And then if you need sort of assistance in uh, you seeing someone like that um, consistently, longer term, we'll partner with you in that in order to see the need, the need met. Um, so anyway, not to get too heavy, but there are, there, are some, there are some ways that you can engage in, some practices that, that, begin, that begin to yield a different result. Okay, um, what's the wish? Um, what's the outcome you desire? What are the obstacles that are getting in the way of that? And then the P of whoop is, is the plan. What's the plan? That's where I ask and I say, okay, what's, the, what's in place? What's the structure in place that's going to lead to this end? And some of us need Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, Christian therapist, uh, author. Um, you've heard me quote him before where he says, where discipline fails, add structure. Where discipline fails, if you're, if you're finding you're failing, put structure in place that will help lead you in the way that you want to go. I wanted to lose some weight. Um, one of the structures that was forced on me was uh, taking my daughter to the bus at 7 a.m. Uh, four or five days a week. Well, I was at the rec center dropping her off at the bus anyway, so I'll just go to the gym and work out for an hour. Um, you know, all of a sudden I was at the gym twice as often as I used to be, and, you know, it's been helpful. Uh, structure. Structure that helped me achieve. I didn't have the discipline to get up at 7 a.m. to go to the gym on a regular basis. Some of you do. I admire you for that. That's amazing. Um, uh, put some structure in place that will help you accomplish what needs to be done. Well, what are the things that you're going to do? 8% of people who make um, New Year's resolutions, 8% uh, succeed. 92% uh, fail. Um, because they don't have structure in place to enable it. It's nothing more than a wish. They've not really envisioned the outcome nor addressed the obstacles and come up with a plan. Do those things, and, 
and it's going to begin to move you in the direction that you want to go. Um, a plan. What am I going to do differently? Um, here's maybe just a helpful sort of thought in the midst of that. Become mindful of the cues that send you in the direction of your obstacle. Okay, what are the things that, that tip me into wrong thinking, tip me into wrong behavior? And then devise some self-talk for those moments. Terry, when X happens, I'm tempted to do Y, but I'm going to. Fill in the blank. What is it you're going to do? Um, self-talk, workarounds, uh, small fixes, ways to circumvent or overcome the obstacle. Describe the plan in that kind of if-then type of statement. If obstacle X occurs, then I will perform behavior Y. This is what I'm going to do in response to this. And repeat the statement. Repeat it over and over to yourself. Um, write it out. Put it someplace where you can review it. Uh, it's kind of narrative therapy, but it's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's renewing. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. How am I transformed? How is my mind renewed? Well, it's renewed by, by that which I bring in, that which I allow in. And if I choose to find truth and to declare it on a regular basis, it begins renewing my mind. If there's a pattern of behavior that I'm needing to change, uh, that I need to be putting into place, well, I need to, I need to Repeat it to myself. I need to allow myself to begin to see. No, when this happens, I'm going to believe truth. When I hear this lie, I'm going to believe this truth. When I'm tempted to move in this way, which is the direction I'm not intending to go, not where I want to go, this is not the path that I want to be on, that's not the destination I want for my life, I am going to... What is that? Begin to repeat that to yourself. Begin to instruct yourself. Begin to command yourself. It's giving leadership to yourself so that you will take the steps that you're purposing to take. There's a path, there's a way. You need to get on it, you need to stay on it. What's, what's your plan to get there? Listen to King David as he offers similar words of wisdom. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How, how often have you heard someone say, oh, being a follower of Jesus is so hard. That's so difficult to be a, to be a Christian. Man, that's crap. That's just not true. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, that, that it's easy to follow Jesus persistently. But try living life without... Don't. Living life without Jesus is hopeless. Man, how does anyone face the difficulties, the, 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 the enormity of the problems of our world outside of, of a relationship with God through Jesus? How does anyone deal with the difficulties, the pains that they experience in their life, the challenges of child rearing, the challenges of career navigation? How does anyone deal with any of that apart from being in relationship with, with God through Jesus? And... And he says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. This is the way I want to walk. This is what I long for you. Long for you that you would walk in, in his way. This is why we exist as a church family, at least in part. The goal would be, the goal of our church family would be to assist one another 
in making the choices that you alone can make. Okay, we can't make any choices. I can't make any choices for you. No one, the person sitting beside you cannot make choices for you. This is something you alone can do. You must command yourself. You must fix your eyes. You must guard your heart. You, you alone have, have command on this. But we can, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can, as the church of Jesus Christ, we can encourage you. We can say, remember Jesus. Remember the way you should go. We'll be here next Sunday. And every Sunday this year, God willing, and we will, as we gather, we will invite you to sing songs which invite you to direct your gaze once again to the beauty and the work and the person of Jesus, the, the wonder of our God, and, and stay the course. We'll do our best to open Scripture in a helpful way that we would be growing, the foundation of our lives would be strengthened, and we would find that increasingly we are we're stable in the way when the storms of life hit us, we are, we are persistent because we have been fixed uh, with our gaze toward Jesus. And what I've offered to you here today, the, the, the ways, well, you, you, the means that I've offered, you know, the, the narrative therapy, the self-talk, that's, that's just maybe helpful tools. Try, try a couple of them, maybe they would be helpful to you. But the word, Scripture, is, is 100% reliable unchanging, uh, uh, accessible to you. And, and so as the worship team comes, let me just offer a, a, couple of, a couple more that will just help stay your course. Hebrews chapter 10. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's a practice that you can put in place that, that is going to help stay the course. It's just purposing that every Sunday when the doors are open, I'm going to be here and I'm going to worship. Stay the course. Paul, in Galatians chapter 6, he says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Doing good. Walking in the way. It's got personal application. It's got, it's got evangelistic application. It's got discipleship application. I will grow in faith. I will, doing good. It's going it's to eventually reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus, Luke 18, told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Always pray, not give up. The song, David, Psalm 37, trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumbles, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Fix your eyes on Jesus with us, the author and the perfecter of, of our faith. And then we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, and we'll do it again, because we know with the hymn writer, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. He knew us. He knew us. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Lord, this is our prayer this morning. We long that we would be those who find ourselves stable on the path. Our feet firmly planted. Good traction. Walking in a, per a persistent, reliable way with our eyes fixed on you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that as we leave 2017, Lord, that we would have rightly assess 
that which we've experienced. Lord, perhaps there have been really difficult moments that we have endured because we have been fixing our eyes on you. And if it had not been for that, only you know what would have been. But you sustained us through that storm. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we'll look back and we'll say, ah, I didn't do so well on that one. May we be those who learn. May we be those who are growing and maturing in you, Lord Jesus, because we're able to look back and we're able to assess and you have called us to be people who examine our ways and we're doing that here and we, we do that often and we, in order that we would, with greater persistency, with greater consistency, find ourselves walking in your way, yielding the fruit that, that, that you alone would, would enable in us. Lord, I picture that tree that's planted by the stream. When, when wind and drought come, it has no fear. Because its roots go deep along the stream. And so we, we, ask, we ask, Lord, that we would be such people. Deeply rooted in you. And I pray for this church family, Lord. That from that place of rooting, there would just be a vibrancy present to us, individually and collectively. Uh, there would be a radiance that others would look to and, and, and would say, I don't know what that is, but I need me some of that. And they would come, and they too would taste and see that the Lord is good. Receive the worship we bring as we would respond this morning. We ask in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with us, sing and worship.